All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Rooted in Grace podcast. Um, I'm Ashley Grant, and the whole topic for this podcast will be about finances. And I think it's very important for women, uh, women of God and women of men to really learn about this. So lately, God has been putting on my heart to start taking finances more seriously. So I remember when writing in my journal some years ago, and I saw that I wrote down, I want to create generational wealth which is why it is important to write things down to remember your vision. But back to what I was saying, I never knew how it would get done, but hindsight, I'm starting to see God preparing me for blessings I am praying for. Over the past two years, I'm learning about multiple incomes, savings, investments, real estate, even this podcast, along with biblical principles being tied into that. Proverbs 13.22 talks about leaving wealth for your children's children, and there's so much more scripture that ties into generational wealth. Also, write, you want to write the vision and make it plain. And millionaires are not millionaires by accident. And when I say millionaires, I'm talking about women of God and women of men who are millionaires. They wrote it down and made a plan. They put God first, which is the golden rule. They surround themselves by the right people, influences, and resources. The Bible is so many words tell you that you are the average of the five people you hang around the most. Proverbs 12, 26, the righteous cho choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray, which is another conversation about why it's important to hang around the right people. People. However, I am in the beginning stage. I know a little bit, but not a lot. I want to know more as it pertains to my finance journey. Oh, sorry, you guys. I want to know more as it pertains to my finance journey and I want to make sure I'm being a good steward of my money. And often, I'm not going to lie and say sometimes, I do spend my money when it comes to anything I want. When I see it, I want it. So I want to learn discipline, biblical principles, and strategies to build wealth. And I have Asia Jackson. She's a financial expert who is going to give us advice and insight on how to start our life of abundance with finances. So Asia... The first thing I want to ask you is, well, before I even ask you your first question, can you go ahead and introduce yourself to the listeners? Absolutely. I am Asia Jackson. Um, I'm originally from Jackson, Mississippi. I'm a current resident of Memphis, Tennessee. Um, I did attend Jackson State University. Um, Murrah High School is the high school I came from. Go Mustangs. And um, I guess a fun fact about me, like she mentioned, I am um, a licensed financial coach and I feel as though God has positioned me to, you know, lead the people of his kingdom um, to build wealth and position themselves to be able to, you know, enrich the kingdom of God. And I, I take strong pride in what it is that I do. I'm very, very passionate about it for the simple fact that I, I love people. And I really, like I said, I really believe that, you know, it's my my calling and my purpose, you know, to help other people figure this thing out. Because um, oftentimes we're we're stuck, we're lost, we don't know where to begin. Um, and lo and behold, that's why I'm here. So, <laughs> basically. And okay, so I want to like get into this, Asia. So, we did go to school with each other. We were both English majors. And we both used to go to these schools to do our observations and everything. So I just want to know, how did you transition or what made you want to switch career plans going from trying to be an educator to now being what you are now? So what prompted you to get into your calling? 
that's a good question. I'm glad you asked me that. Nobody ever asked me that before. Um, but when I was in undergrad, um, like you said, we did major in English. I didn't have plans to be an educator. I was trying to pursue either marketing or I wanted to uh, pursue law. But I just knew I was good at English. Um, I didn't want to, you know, meddle myself with anything else and frustrate myself trying to figure out any other major. So I stuck with what I knew. Um, but, you know, throughout that whole process, I was realizing, you know, as I'm pursuing this degree, as I'm, you know, studying this stuff, um, I was having a lot of financial issues. I was having a lot of money problems. I realized the first thing was I didn't know enough about money. I didn't know how it worked. And I didn't have enough people around me, you know, to help me come up out of that situation that I was in. Um, a lot of people know my personal story. My mom did pass away um, the uh, the summer of the, the beginning of my, my sophomore year at, at Jackson State. So she passed the summer prior to that. Um, so because of that, I lost my breadwinner. She basically handled all things finances for me. I didn't have to worry about, you know, where money was coming from, where a meal was coming from, who was going to pay this and that. She did it for me. But, you know, my whole world was turned upside down when I lost her. I had to get out here and figure it out for myself. Knowing that I didn't come from an environment of money, um, all the people that were in my my personal life, my my family, nobody where I come from. The only time we talked about money was because we didn't have enough. We trying to figure out how to rub two nickels together to make ends meet. Every time we had a conversation about finances, we were arguing. It was always negative. So what I realized is that my relationship with money now in my adulthood typically stem from the 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 way I viewed money growing up as a child. Does that make sense? Mm. So when I when I was able to position myself, I, I was like, okay, now <laughs> my my money struggles aren't getting any better. I'm doing the same things day in and day out. Something's got to give, right? So I think what it was for me, just getting into that mind frame and getting into that headspace of realizing that I don't have it together. But I'm trying to look like I got it together, but yeah. I don't. Um, so just assessing that, knowing that you, like they say. The first step is admitting you have a problem. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. I don't have any money. I don't work, know where to get it. First, admit that that to yourself. And then, you know, once you come to that realization, everything will start aligning itself to help you get to where you want to be. So that's what happened for me the first time. I just, I just got into a mental state of, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how this stuff works. I don't know how to accumulate it. Let me get myself to where I can figure it all out, basically. And you know what? You know how the enemy meant for that situation to turn, like he meant it for it, you know, for you to like break down and for it to be bad. But it's so crazy how God can turn everything around for your good. Because in that pit, you found your calling and now you're bringing more people into the kingdom, not just spiritually, but also financially. And I know me growing up, um, I, I, I'm not, I don't come from that same background. However, now I'm in my um, 20s and I'm in my career and everything. I don't know too much about finances. Like I just don't, but something in my heart is telling me, okay, Ashley, you need to get serious because I just know in my spirit, I'm gonna be a millionaire. Okay. Absolutely. So, in order to get that, I want to be a good steward um, of my money. And I also want to know like, how do millionaires really get their money? Because one, I know that money is an energy almost. Like, mm -hmm. if you always have a negative connotation about it, it may run away from you. However, yeah. if you have that positive, that positive connotation still comes to you as well. But I do realize that millionaires, they have, like, loopholes 
and they have other resources to get to that. So I'm not going to do too much talking on that because again, I'm in the beginning stages, but Asia, and then one, y'all, she is the same. We're the same age. Yeah. <laughs> in a game and not too many people our age know stuff like this. So the fact that you are already on the right track, girl, you're doing the thing. So Thank you. can we get started? Like what's the first thing that we need to know about finances? Absolutely. Um, and what a lot of people don't know, like you said, we just don't understand, you know, finances from a biblical standpoint. We don't know that money is a tool in which God has given us to, you know, like I said, help multiply our wealth as well as his kingdom. Um, so like I said, the first step would definitely just be we have to realize that it's a it's a mindset. You know, God operates in the mindset of prosperity and abundance. He's already promised us that, you know, as his children. So it's, it's human nature, it's flesh-like for us to operate in the mindset of lack and scarcity. Every time we turn around, you know, we, we got this coming up. We don't know how we're going to pay it. We're worrying about this, worrying about that. That's not operating in, in a wealth mindset. That's not operating in the God mindset. So when we're, we're studying the word and we're believing God for what it is that he promised us and what he told us that he would do for us, we have to stand firm in that, right? So a, a big part of getting started is having the faith to walk in your true calling. God made you a child of his. He promised you wealth. He promised you abundance. He promised you prosperity. You have to mentally prepare yourself to walk in that. You can't be walking around with a mindset of lacking scarcity and claiming, you know, your riches and glory, right? We, we call ourselves kings and queens, but, you know, I don't know of any broke kings and queens that walk around, you know, worried about the, the, financial status of, of their selves as well as their kingdom because they kind of already had that figured out, you know, with the help of God, you know, guiding them. So before, you know, like I said, we can even get started, get ourselves in a mind frame of having a, a mindset of wealth and abundance because once it, everything starts in the mind. Mm -hmm. So once we transform our minds, everything is going to start aligning and coming to us, right? So all we have to do is just make sure we get into alignment and that we're getting into the right headspace. After we get ourselves into that headspace, right, I feel like it's very important for us to examine the the circles that we're a part of, the people that we have around us. You mentioned it earlier, is, and, and a lot of people don't even know, there are over 2,000 scriptures in the Bible specifically talking about wealth and finance, right? If God didn't want us to know nothing else, he wanted us to know how to produce wealth and how to manage our money above anything else because, I mean, it's clear as day. He got over 2,000 scriptures talking about it. So this is clearly an important message, right? A lot of times we picking and choosing what we want to follow, but the thing that he needs us to follow the most is right there in our face, right? He put it there 2,000 times. So it's, it's best that we take heed. Um, so with that being said, like I said, you mentioned earlier, who we hang around with is directly a reflection of who we, who we will become. Now, if we're hanging around people who are in the same boats as us, we, we never pay our bills on time. You know, we don't know how to generate more income for ourselves. We're always complaining about money problems, this and that. And everybody else around us is doing the same thing. Nothing's ever going to change, right? We have to position ourselves to be around those that we want to embody, be around those that we want to look like and be like. And I think an important part of that is to not saying that everybody you surround yourself with has to be a millionaire, has to be a billionaire and just rolling in tons of dollars. But the people you hang around with must operate in the wealth-like mindset, right? They must operate in one of prosperity and abundance. If not, 
like I said, it's easy to get distracted and it's easy to follow in the footsteps of those um, that's been doing, like I said, what we've always known to do. Before I got licensed in um, financial services industry, like I said, I didn't have a team of people around me that knew what was going on, knew how to generate wealth, knew how money worked. All we know is because we've been taught this all throughout school, we've been institutionalized, grow up, go to work, um, I'm sorry, go to school, get a good job, get good grades, all that stuff, right? Um, what they like to say is the American dream. We really come to find out that that's really the American nightmare and which most people are currently going through, right? Like I said, all of us, we followed those steps exactly from K through 12th grade all the way to college. We went to school, we got good grades, we got into college in hopes that we can get a good job and, you know, live out our dreams, support ourselves. Many of us have done that and we've come to find that it's not working. So when you when you're comparing that to a biblical standpoint, we got to realize, like I said, wealth is of God. What the world has done, the the world has taken this from God and they flipped it and manipulated it to what they wanted it to be. Right. What we look at and what we view and perceive as wealth, the fancy cars, clothes, jewelry, lavish lifestyles, big decked out mansions. That's not wealth. Right. Wealth is walking in the mindset of abundance like i stated wealth is you know going by god's rules and laws of money again there's over two thousand scriptures of him just talking about how to manage our finances and produce wealth so wealth is making sure we're abiding by those things that he told us to do god told us it's very important to save and invest god told us it's very important for us to leave an inheritance for our children's children we're often blinded by these things because, like I said, it's distracting. How are we supposed to focus on building for the generations to come when, you know, we're worried about our paycheck in the next two weeks? You know what I'm saying? It's hard to kind of get that picture and get a clear frame of mind when we're always, like I said, operating in a mindset of lack and scarcity. So the first thing, like I said, would be to get your mental state together, operating in the mindset of wealth. Then, like I said, examine your circle. Um, make sure that you're connected to people that can help you a lot of people don't even know where they can go or know a person um who can help them with this type of stuff you can google i'm, I'm sure social media is the best <laughs> tool ever like it is with a click of a button click of a search box we can find out anything we want to find out so oftentimes i think that we're just not um like I say, it all comes down to being in the mindset. If we truly want to help ourselves, we got to implement that action to help ourselves. Nobody's going to come and do everything for us. If we're looking to build wealth. Let's start researching on how to get started. If we don't know anybody, let's look up some people on who we can find, right? Let's ask somebody. A lot of people don't ask questions, right? Where, where can I go to, to pay off my debt? Where can I go um, to sign up for this credit building program? Nobody asks these type of questions. They just sit around thinking, that, you know, people gonna do it for them. People just gonna, it's gonna come around and fall in their lap. And which brings me to my next point. God really wants us to be stewards of his kingdom as, as you mentioned earlier. Now with stewardship comes great responsibility. Mm -hmm. And with that responsibility is levels to it. And the, the perfect picture I'm gonna paint. Y'all know that story um of the three servants in the Bible where the master had to leave, right? But he ended up leaving them, you know, with some of his wealth. He gave the first the first servant five bags of gold, the second one two bags, and the last one he gave him one. Now, let me show you how God works. He did that for a reason. Like I said, with us being stewards of his kingdom, it comes with responsibility. Not everybody can handle the same type of responsibility. So 
he knew who was in alignment with his word and he knew who was following his practices. So he delegated more of the responsibility to them because he knew they were capable of getting it done. So the first two servants, right, the one with the five bags and the one with the two bags, they went, invested theirs, multiplied it, got five more bags back, got two more bags back. The one that he gave one, he went and took his, dug a hole in the ground, he buried it and hid it. That one servant right there is all of us, right? <laughs> like yes. I said, we have to operate in the mindset of wealth and abundance, but we don't know how to do that. We operate from lack and scarcity. So we think when we get something that this all that is going to be. So in order for me to, to cherish it and, and harbor it and save it, I'm going to go dig my hole and hide it. That's yes. not what God told us to do. Me hiding my what he gave me in the ground, not putting it to use, not, you know, exposing it to his people, to his kingdom. I'm being disobedient at that point. So what I'm illustrating is when a, when a master came back, you know, he asked them, what did y'all do, you know, with the bags of gold I gave you? Of course, he rewarded servants one and two and gave them more of what they already had because they understood what God wanted them to do. The, the one that went and buried his, he took what he had and gave it to them. And the importance is that you probably say, well, why did God take it from him? He already barely had anything. He took it because he understands you're not even operating in the mindset to do what he needs you to do. So if he puts this in your hand, you ain't gonna do nothing but fumbling, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of people, we're praying for millions. We're praying for hundreds, thousands of dollars. We barely can handle the, the, the small paychecks. We're getting on 995. You know, so how he gonna bless us with a big old lottery ticket bag of money when we barely handling the, the small funds that we already get? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so I love to tell people that story because it, it illustrates the perfect picture. It paints the perfect picture of how God needs us to be stewards of, of what it is that he wants us to do with this money. It's a tool, right? It's a lot of people, we love to misquote what's the scripture, First Timothy, for the love of money is the root of all evil. People okay. love to leave that part out, chat. They say money is the root of all evil. Money yes. is money. Let's let's quote it correctly. Right. <laughs> let's quote it correctly. For the love of money, right? We don't want to find ourselves in a position where we're loving money, not in the aspect, not in the sense of loving the physical dollar, but we're loving the instant gratification that money can bring us, right? We love the materials that money can give us. We love how we are able to manipulate situations or make them work in our favor with the use of money. That's what we fall in love with. And when we allow that to consume us, right? When we partake in that fleshly aspect, that's when we begin to fall and everything just catapult from there. But like I said, when we're operating in what God wanted us, wanted us to do and we're being stewards of his word, like I said, everything is going to fall in place from that point forward. Um, I do have right here Where's my other tip? Because I need to write down some notes. Um, specifically highlighting um some wealth building strategies in which God told us to do. Um, in which the first thing people need to start first with before you can do anything, it's so important to plan. Write out a budget. A lot of people, what they say, what's the um the saying you plan to fail, fail to ain't that right? If you if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Right. Yeah. So if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Right. So when, when we're talking about getting on track financially, the first thing we need to assess is where are we currently? What does our finances look like? Right. Get, know what your situation is. If we don't know what the situation is, how we know how to move forward from it. 
a lot of people are ashamed of their circumstances. It's okay. It's okay. Realize in a sense that you're broke so that we can figure out how to get from there. It's okay. You don't have to be ashamed of many of us have been broke. Many of us have been paycheck to paycheck. In most cases, overdraft to overdraft. I know me a lot of times. Um, many of us have had our lights cut off. We've had our car repossessed. Nobody's above anybody. This is we're humans. Everyday life. We've all gone through this stuff. So once we can assess where we are and get a clear picture of where we're trying to go, then like I said, that transition is going to easily come. So it's important for us to start with a budget. Like I said, realize where we're at currently, map out all of our expenses and don't just do it in your head. Put this stuff on paper. God told us in Luke 14 and 28 to put this on paper, mm -hmm. right? Write it down. I don't care if you only got a hundred dollars to your name, write out on a piece of paper where this hundred dollars is going right food clothes shelter other bills other expenses write it out so that you can see exactly what's going on and if you can't figure out a budget for yourself find somebody like me or another financial professional like i said it's people out here that wants to help us we just not you know going to get the help we waiting on them to come to us you got to go get it yeah. so find somebody that can help you put together a budget if you can't do it for yourself so that'll be the first thing i say organize a budget um, secondly, we got to get out of debt. We are in so much bondage, right? This debt is, is I want to say, is the slave master, right? In, in modern day, slave master is debt. Um, a lot of times, most times it's just that people don't know, Ashley. People don't know. We, we doing what we seen our mamas, daddies, and grandmamas do. They didn't know. Nobody ever taught them. So we just don't, we think feels right but we know to be what other people have been doing all our life so we're signing up for all these credit cards young you know we're going to get all these different payday loans in our names we're signing up for stuff that we can't even afford i never understand why people go and get these zero down cars oh, yeah. <laughs> and they can't even afford it like you don't even have any money to put down so what do you anyway i never understand it but what i like to highlight is that that is that is getting out of debt is basically what God is trying to instruct us to do because he says that the 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 debtor will be forever enslaved to the lender. So the person that's always borrowing, right? He made us the head and not the tail, the lender, not the borrower. If I'm always borrowing, right, giving you my money, not having anything in return, I'm enslaved to you. I do whatever you say, right? I can't do nothing. I don't have no money. I don't have a wealth building tool to speak for me. I got to do what else, whatever somebody is telling me to do or, or just go with the flow, right? So I definitely say we got to get out of debt. Um, a scripture for that is Proverbs 22 and 7. The rich rule over the poor and the borrower is a slave to the lender. Um, Like I said, our most powerful wealth building tool is our money that God gives us. If we're forever giving away our money to credit card bills, um, student loans, uh, medical bills, car loans, right we're like i said a lot of people live in overdraft to overdraft and which i like to conclude that that's pretty safe to assume everybody got the average car payment i want to say I, I just looked it up is about 500 600 dollars a car payment is about 500 600 dollars i know rent ain't less than a thousand yeah most people so so just adding that together that's what 15 1600 most people not even bring, bringing that home in about weekly paycheck so where are you getting the rest of the money from to fund your other stuff? They borrowing it. Stop borrowing it. You ain't doing nothing but creating more debt, more bondage for yourself, right? 
we live in a world where, like I said, they they paint this picture of what wealth is supposed to be. These fancy cars, clothes, jewelry, shoes. So the first thing we know when we get the little bit of money that we do get, we got to go and get the stuff that we see portrayed as well. So I'm going to go get me a car like I see on TV. I'm going to go get this Dior and this Gucci, this Chanel. I'm going to go, you know what I'm saying, sign up uh, for this house uh, with, with, with zero money down, even though I can qualify for it. Let me tell y'all something. Credit is a good thing, but credit can be a bad thing at the same time, right? Because to give someone the ability to pay for something without them even having the money in the first place, oh, that's so dangerous. You mean to tell me I can get this and get this and get that as long as I got the credit and I ain't got the money? That's the fastest way to get in debt. <laughs> I'm telling you, we think, oh, they didn't they didn't require me to pay for this, but I got time to accumulate the money before my first payment is due. That's what you think, right? Nobody is talking about these interest rates that they're applying to these loans we're signing up for. Nobody's talking about these hidden fees, you know, that's in the fine print of these documents that we're signing. Like I said, we have to understand how this stuff works, how money works, how credit works. And the essence in it, like I said, a lot of times we just don't know. So we have to put ourselves into a position to where we have to research these things, have to find out these things and become into the know so that we can avoid these things. So live on a budget. We want to get out of debt. Thirdly, we definitely want to increase our income. Definitely have to increase our income. How are we going to multiply what we have strictly just doing the same things over and over. All we know is to get up and go to work every day and get the same paycheck every two weeks, every week, every month, whatever the pay scale may be. Now, if all I'm getting, let's just hypothetically speak, if all I'm getting is $1,500 every two weeks, I'm doing the same thing for my $1,500. I'm paying my bills. I'm, I'm putting food in my house. I'm using a little bit for myself to enjoy. I mean, I work for it. Should, I, I should use some, right? And I'm back to square one. I'm, I'm back at zero dollars for the next two weeks. I'm waiting on my other paycheck. We have to learn sacrifice, right? Sometimes you got to do what you got to do until you can do what you want to do. So if we're going, clocking into work every day, and we're realizing that our financial situations aren't improving, in that moment, we have to let ourselves know, hey, I got to do something different. I got to switch it up. I got to, like I said, it's important that we do a budget because if we're realizing that all our dollars are being depleted, we got to sit down and we got to look at it like, okay, where's my money going? Because every time I turn around, it's the same cycle every two weeks. So if our money is just being depleted, like I said, we, we find ourselves back to square one. We, we don't start over, keep doing the same things. So with that, and like I said, increasing our income. Now, People may take this the wrong way. There's nothing wrong with a job. Nothing at all. Like I said, you got to do what you got to do until you can do what you want to do. But we have to become familiar with different ways of generating income. It's eight different types of income out here. The only one we're familiar with is earned income. That's by working a job, trading our time for money. God didn't design it like that. God didn't want us to slave our time away in exchange for, you know, physical dollars, in exchange for a paycheck. God didn't want us to do that because you got to think about it, assess it real quick. We're spending all these hours away from our families. We're spending all these hours away from, we spend eight hours at work. We barely have enough time to root ourselves and ground ourselves in the word and study the word because we at work so much. By the time we get out, we tired, we ready to go to sleep. Get up the next day and do it again. 
Where do we find time to, like I said, ground ourselves in the word? Where do we find time to spend time with our loved one? Where do we find time to partake in habits that we enjoy? We can't because we enslaved to the paycheck, right? That's all we know. So with increasing our income, I feel it's important to understand ways different, like I said, the different ways that we can earn income out here. Um, all we know, like I said, is go get another job. If we feel like we need some more money, oh, I'm going to go apply for this job. Anybody who hiring for the night shift, who work in the graveyard, I mean, all you're doing is simply just putting yourself in another cycle, another rat race, right? There are different avenues, different streams of income that don't even require you to show up. We just have to get familiar with it. We have to ask these questions. We have to find this help. Like I said, it's not going to fall out the sky. We can pray and pray and pray all day. But if we don't have that mindset and God know we're not intentional about it, changing our situation, we're going to forever be doing the same things. Um, so we definitely need to increase our income. Just going to get clock in and work for somebody else, not going to do it, right? Like I said, it's eight different types of income to be exact. Because um, I want to give y'all the the different types so you're familiar with it right so you can go and look it up for yourselves um on how to how to generate it give me one second let me find my notes because i wrote it right here um but just off the top you know there's earned income there's residual income um there's capital gains there's royalties there's dividends what is that there's five i'm missing three more um rental income interest and profit so out of those eight things that I just named, those are eight categories for how to earn money. Now, like I said, the only one we're familiar with is earned income in which we work a job, trade our time for that money. And the sooner we realize that our time is the, 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 the most important asset we're going to have. First of all, it's already short. Life is short in itself. And time is so valuable. We ain't trying to waste it. I'd rather somebody waste my money before they waste my time. That's just me. Don't waste my time because I can't get it back. I can get my money back. That ain't nothing. But you waste my time. I take that very seriously. So we have to apply that to our, our daily lives. So if all we're doing is working a nine to five, you know, giving away our time to somebody else versus using our own time for ourselves to improve our situation, we're going to forever be stuck in a rat race. So what I suggest and this is my own situation. Like I said, I was at a point where I didn't know anything about money. Um, I was struggling, working the job, like I said, just doing the same things over and over. I had to assess to myself, okay, so in order to get out of this, I got to do some things that I've never done before. I got to get out of my comfort zone in order for me to grow. See, that's another thing. A lot of people don't want to do things they've never done before because they're not comfortable with it. They don't trust it. They don't want to take that risk. Again, it's not operating in a God-like, wealth-like mindset. So as I was on my job and, you know, I was approached with an opportunity um, to basically, like I said, change my own financial situation. It was a time where I was like, well, how am I going to still work and do this? How am I going to do this and do that? The name of the game is sacrifice. When I got off my job, as tired as I was, I had to ground myself in, in studying to get my license. I had to ground myself in, you know, doing my observation trainings, making sure that I'm skilled up enough to do this now i'm i'm putting in the hours to learn and internalize this stuff to apply to my own life now like i said it came with sacrifice i was i was tired most days um but a lot of people don't realize before that change comes it's gonna feel like so much turmoil it's gonna feel like so much catastrophe right because god is bringing us up out of something right we're so used to poverty 
like I said, we're we're beings of wealth. We're we're God's children. So he gonna bring us up out of there, but it ain't gonna be easy. We're so used to easy. We want everything to be comfortable. God never said it was gonna be like that. Never, ever, ever. Um, just thinking about building wealth in itself, that's I ain't gonna say it's it's hard and it's impossible because it's not. But if you think you're gonna wake up tomorrow and be a millionaire without, you know, learning fundamentals of finances, not being connected to people that know this stuff, you know, not being a good steward of the word and displaying what God wants you to display, like I said, through this stuff, it ain't gonna come to you at all. So basically what I like, what I like to do is just tell people before we even focus on increasing our income, you gotta ask yourself, are you willing to do what it takes to obtain more income, right? Like I said, the same person that you are managing a thousand dollars can't be the same person that you are managing a million, right? You got to go through a transformation, a mindset change, a character change. And, and and speaking of that, a lot of people don't even understand how important it is to uh, be a character of God, you know, while carrying wealth. Because if you, if you a jerk and you an a-hole, why you don't have any money, the, the sooner, you, the minute you do get money, you ain't gonna be nothing but an amplified jerk. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> more money, more problems. Money don't do nothing but break out what's already there. You know yep. what I'm saying? People like to put on this persona and, and portray that they this type of person when the money ain't doing nothing but amplifying who they really are. They think they hiding it with all the flashiness, but we can see right through that, right? <laughs> so, in addition to, you know, living on the budget, writing it down, making it plain, putting it on paper so that it can be a clear vision. Um, we want to get out of debt, right? We can't build wealth as long as we're, we owe our, you know, our debtors. Um, so we want to get out of debt. We want to increase our income, right? Learn about the different types of ways to earn money and also research on how you're able to do that. Like I said, ask questions because the only, way, the only thing we're familiar with is go to school and get a job, go to college. Man, it's trades out here. It's, um, means of investing out here it's real estate out here you don't just have to go to college just to make money and like i said many of us have already done that and we're back to square one i thought once i got my degree and i graduated it was up from there oh no <laughs> really started from the bottom you know what i'm saying so um that's another thing um let's also talk about saving and investing I'm sorry, y'all, some of my eyes. So my, one of my favorite verses, Proverbs 21 and 20, in the house of the wise are stores of choice food and oil, and the foolish man devours all he has. So I talk to people on a daily basis about saving and investing. And I hear some of the craziest stuff, girl. People will say to me, well, what's it matter to me? I ain't going to be here. Okay. okay. <laughs> let's, let's bring it back and be real. Um, a lot of people don't even understand. I know you see me talk daily um, about life insurance and life insurance, I want to say, has to be one of the easiest tools of uh, generating wealth in the event, you know, that uh, unexpected, untimely death was to happen. Now, I hear people say all the time, um, like like I said, well, what if they try to, what if they try to kill me or what if they try to get the money? They're just all kind of bizarre. They're negative about everything. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and and like I said, it goes all back. It's a mind thing. You got to right. go, go back to your mentality. If that's how you're viewing, you know, setting your, your children, the future generation up, if, if you're viewing that as a bad thing, then ain't nothing I can do to help you. 
exactly. honestly. Like, if, if you feel like leaving your kids this amount of money, and I, and I, hear, I hear people say as well, well, I ain't gonna leave them this much just so they can do this. You don't know what these people gonna do with it. They ain't gonna blow it all on this. You ain't gonna be here to see. So you don't know what's happening. All you need to know and, and understand is that you did your part, right? God mm -hmm. wants us to, like Proverbs 13, 22 says, a good man leaves inheritance for his children's children. You did your part. Don't worry about what they doing with the money you left for them. Know that you you did what you were supposed to do. You did what God asked you to do. You took care of your household. You provided for, for them. And you invested, you know, for them to, for the future generations to come. That's all you need to worry about. Stop worrying about what somebody else doing with what you with what you leaving them. You know, I tell people that all the time. Um, so also I said, where, where I left off? I said I um save and invest. So when it comes to investing, and then like I said, it all boils down to um just a mind thing. Um, when you just think about the historical context of the black community in regards to finance and money over, you know, years years and years everything has always been negative like you said we've never had a positive experience regarding money so when people speak of money when people speak of our financial circumstances we're immediately embarrassed we're immediately closed off and we don't want to discuss it because like i said just time and time again we have been financially screwed over and misguided that we don't trust nothing at this point we don't want to take risks we want to just do what we've been doing because it's, it's what's been working right it, it's some better than nothing so when i think to myself about that mentality and how to change that right because i see with people all the time everybody think when i sit down that everything is just easy breezy people just say yes oh i'm gonna I'm let you help me get my finance together mm -mm. y'all had the hardest time <laughs> People don't want to talk to me about that. So like, girl, you probably out here trying to get me. You probably want to listen. Know this. It's some bad people out here. But when God is really, you know, positioning somebody to help you, you need to be open to that. Right? Like I said, it's, it's I, I keep saying it because it, it, it's really what it is. It's a mind thing, right? Before God can bless you, he got to know that you got it up here first. If not, he's going to keep overlooking you right he gonna make sure you good but listen what you asking for you're not gonna be able to handle right now so i ain't gonna say no i'm gonna say not yet yeah basically. yeah i'm gonna say i'm gonna say not yet until you get to a standpoint of being able to handle what all this entails because people think managing wealth and generating wealth is easy it's not so when you get to a point where you can handle it right i need to know and understand that you you able you capable of doing that if not god ain't gonna bless you with it so with me on a day-to-day -day basis, just trying to undo that mindset, I'm just trying to figure out, okay, so what is it that went wrong? Like, really and truly, why is everybody so closed off to it? Again, the world took wealth from God and manipulated it into what they wanted it to be. And being that we're trying to obtain it by how the world wants us to obtain it, we, it it's unachievable. We can't do it. So now we're feeling defeated. Mm -hmm. everything I tried I, I can't do it it's not working you know I'm we're seeing our counterparts it's working for them because they're the ones who took it and manipulated it right it, it's gonna work for them it, they that's who they made it for they didn't make it for us God made God gave us a whole separate, different set of rules and laws to abide by so when we find ourselves trying to be of the world and do what they do we're gonna fail every time Right. So people are quick to give up and feel like that they can't do it because, like I said, oftentimes over and over, 
that's just where we've been at with it. That's the norm, right? I don't want to talk about no money. We ain't never had none. And money is the root of all evil. <laughs> yeah, we say that all the time. And that, that also made me kind of afraid of money. So when I was a little younger, it made me kind of afraid to have too much money because I always thought evil people had so much money, but no one ever taught me, you know, it's all, a, like you said, everything is a mindset. And now people are wondering why they are they have they are lacking all the time. They have that mindset of lack. So let me go ahead and keep you preaching because girl, you're preaching. So I'm listening. <laughs> I'm telling you, I get into it now. I get into the word now because it's for real. Yeah. Um, and like I said, people just have to undo undo their thinking when it comes to that. Know that God is God told you that this is yours, right? You got to own it, believe it, have faith in it. If not, you ain't gonna never get it. So with that saving and investing, like I said, a lot of times people look down on it because they they just afraid to take it that risk, especially when it comes to investing now. This is the thing I like to say. If you don't know the first thing about how to make extra money outside of your job, you should not be closed-minded to anything somebody's trying to tell you, giving financial advice. But that, uh, when we talk about financial-wise, like if you don't know enough about money in the first place, you should be trying to absorb, be a sponge, absorb as much as you can versus trying to put off everything because you're scared. You don't know enough to be scared, right? You don't know enough to not take a risk. You just know what you've been seeing all your all your life, the 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 relationship that your parents and the people around you had with money as a child, that has formed and shaped your views of money that you have now as an adult. So we have to unlearn that, right? Because those habits and patterns came from other people, not from us. So once we unlearn it, we're able to get on track to doing that. Also with saving and investing, like I said, God has over uh, 2,000 um, Bible verses just you know talking about our finance and things like that we he, we have to understand how this stuff works when it comes to saving all we know is just putting our money in banks right we've come to find out in this industry we've done some research that sending our money in the banks we losing money yeah. the bank's making all the money right they this thing called the interest rate oh honey they eat that up you hear me and why why we sit up here giving the banks all of our money they making money on our money we getting a short end of the stick all they gonna give us is what, what we say for the common name banks trustmark wells fargo chase bank of america any of the common name banks you can think of regions you check that interest rate you can look this stuff up it's a 0.01 percent now like i said i'm in the financial services industry so i know a little bit more than the average person there's this thing called the banker's rule it's called the rule of 72 and what that says is if you take the number 72 and your interest rate that your bank giving you, if you divide your interest rate into the number 72, you'll understand how long it'll take your money to double. Now, we did the math. 0 0.01 divided into 72 is 7,200. So basically, it's going to take 7,200 years for my $1 to turn into two. Now, ain't Einstein, but I know I don't have 7,200 years left. Right? right? So... Just applying those different financial concepts and different principles to saving and investing, I know just off top already, okay, I'm not getting the maximum growth here just having my money sitting in the bank. Let me go talk to a financial professional. Let me go talk to the expert that knows about investing, knows about the stock market, knows about investment options outside of the stock market, right? And how this stuff works. 
versus me just doing what I've always known, just go put my money in the bank, not knowing that the bank is using my money to make money. That's how we're able to have auto loans, home loans, um, these different type of um, credit um, uh, agencies and things like that. Our money is funding that, right? We're funding the global economy. That's why they all these thriving businesses, our dollars are paying for that. And they're, the bank's getting the return on it. We can assure the end of the stick. So, like I said, it's important to find out how to properly save. It's important to find out how to properly invest. And all we got to do is ask people. Mm-hmm. All we got to do is ask them. And uh, just like I said, make sure that we're uh, put positioning ourselves to be in the know about this stuff. Right? Again, it's a mindset. Um. So, lastly, after that, after saving and investing, um, we do want to make sure, like I said, we want to be good stewards of the word and good stewards of what God has us to do with the money that he gives us. Although it is a tool to help build ourselves up, we got to build up God's kingdom and God's people. So we have to make sure that we're being cheerful givers. We're tithing, right? We're not even just tithing in the church, tithing your community, whether that be going to feed the homeless, whether that be, you know, Tamika up the street, couldn't afford to get her kids some, some, some clothes for school, but you have the means Go help her out. You know what I'm saying? God is going to bless you big time for that because you're using the tool that he gave you to amplify and multiply things in his kingdom. So he's going to reimburse you for that 10 times. You know what I'm saying? So with that, be a cheerful giver. Oftentimes, people are Indian givers, right? They want to give some and take it back. They want to give some to you on the basis of they don't, in, in the future, you know, the universe, they going I'm going to get this back because I helped this. If you always trying to help somebody looking to get something in return, you're never going to get blessed, right? You you can't even wear the crown of wealth because wealth is strict, strictly about the distribution of it. Mm-hmm. What that, what's that? My favorite, one of my favorite verses, Jay-Z said, over here we measure success by how many people successful next to you. Over here we say you broke if everybody broke except for you. So if I'm the only rich person, right, and everybody in my circle of friends, they they robbing Peter to pay Paul, I'm just as broke as them, right? I, I feel like like the big man because I'm the millionaire. Meanwhile, my, my, my friends, you know what I'm saying, they, they pinching pennies. Like, that's not what we need to be doing. We need to use what God has given us to amplify everybody else. So if I have it, it's my ultimate responsibility to make sure the next person has it as well. So I want to be a cheerful giver. I want to use my wealth to create more wealth. A lot of people just want to use wealth and money for selfish reasons. Well, I want to be a millionaire so I can buy my house, so I can buy my car, so I can, what are you going to do with millions of dollars just for yourself? A lot of times people don't even, people underestimate the value of a dollar. Honestly, Let's let's take let's take into consideration people like who are the richest people, Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk and all of them. These people have more money than they will ever spend in their lifetime. Like nobody can spend trillions of dollars in one lifetime. But the essence in that, right? That ain't for them to spend their one lifetime. Baby, they kids, 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 kids gonna be eating. You hear me? So Oftentimes, people aren't setting up, setting up, like I said, they're not setting it up like that. They're using their wealth for selfish reasons. They want all the millions of dollars so they can buy what they think wealth is supposed to embody. Mm-hmm. Now, with that, if we're not, like I said, we're not using the wealth for the right means, we can we can lose it. God gonna take that away from their responsibility, right? A lot of times we're positioned to, to build wealth. God gets us on track. 
But then we start, like I said, going against his desires for us, going against what he said in the word, just abiding by what we want, operating in our own will. Sometimes what we want is not what God wants. And what we want feels good. What God wants for us don't feel good all the time, but it's the better option for us. So oftentimes, if he's positioning people to, like I said, build up their wealth, but they get to a point where now it's a pride thing, it's an ego thing, right? I got this money now, I'm going to use it for this versus what God told them to use it for. You see those people typically fall. The wealth don't last long. Everything diminishes, everything depletes. But if, like I said, we're grounding ourselves in the word and we're abiding by the laws and rules that God specifically has for money, then we don't have to worry about those issues. And again, it simply just comes down to our mindset and how we view money. The African-American community, even the Bible says it's going to take <laughs> generations to undo this poverty, right? It ain't going to stop with me. It, 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 it didn't start with me, honestly. Um, our kids' kids are going to have to carry this torch because it, the damage that has been done, you know, to his people financially, um, I like to say it's irreversible, but it's not. It's just going to take... It's going to take a minute. <laughs> it's going to take some time, right? And God is not a microwave guy. He's more like a crock pot guy. You know what I'm saying? It's going to take some time. It may not be the time we want, but it's going to be on time. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Um, what else I was going to say? Um, I did have some scriptures as well. Um, Can I also add something to what she was saying? How we got this wrong perception of wealth. And that made me think about the time when I went to Beverly Hills and we went to this real wealthy um, neighborhood. And you would think, and I was like around, I had to be like a freshman in college. So I'm still, I'm nowhere near where I am where it comes to finances. So I'm thinking, okay, we in this wealthy neighborhood in Beverly Hills. I'm going to see like some Rolls, uh, like some Rolls Royces, all these real popping cars. But you go to these neighborhoods, they have like typical cars, like 1996 Toyotas. And then now that I'm like, Again, I'm slowly learning about finances. I realized that most millionaires don't have the newest cars because they know cars mm -hmm. are liabilities. As soon as you drive it off the lot, it lost its value. So they most of their money is in real estate from what I, from what I heard. And like mm -hmm. you said, there are so many other incomes that we don't know anything about. And I like mm -hmm. that you said, like, our time is the most precious thing. So all most of us, all we do know is going to work, coming home, paying bills, and then now we're right back to square one. And no one, especially in the African-American community, because all we know is, honestly, all we know is struggle. So, yeah. And we take pride in it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and that's just crazy to me. And I feel like I'm going to say this new generation, like the, the, the 20s, the women, their 30s, men, I feel like we are just like breaking these generational curses and we're like unlearning things and starting something new. So, and no one really taught us about passive income. Like, I never knew about that until like a year ago. So, it's like my goal now is now I want to try to recreate or create passive income for myself because I don't want to keep working. I, my goal in life is I want to work because I want to, not because I have to. That's the biggest right. thing. You know? Right. I um I, I I run in circles um with a lot of wealthy people. I'm glad to even have connections um to these type of people who are able to instill you know this type of stuff in me um to help me get educated on this type of stuff and you know help me to help other people. Um and one thing that I I did learn was um like we mentioned with the different types of income 
wealthy people know that the the worst type of income to have is the earned income because that requires us to give off more of our time. If if we we're internalizing wealth and we really trying to understand what being financially free means, right? Being financially free in God, we will understand how, like you said, our time is the most valuable thing. Again, if we're always slaving all of our hours away, you know, to our employer, we don't have enough time to be rooted in the word and understanding how to get out of it, right? That that's the whole that's the whole thing, right? They they want us to be distracted. They want us to be not focused on what we need to be focused on because us not being focused is what's keeping them in power, right? Us being distracted is what's causing our communities to to crumble and fall because we're doing everything to build up the wealth of the world versus building up the wealth of ourselves and God kingdom. So no wonder every time we turn around, nothing's working out in our favor. We feel like, you know, we're in the same robotic cycle day in and day out because we're operating in this, in this worldly mindset of what wealth is. Like you said, you went to the neighborhoods and everybody had a Honda Civic. Everybody had a little Toyota Corolla. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody driving no Rolls Royce and no G-Wagon. And let me tell y'all something. We got to turn off this love and hip-hop and this real housewives and, and, and this other stuff. Child, let me tell y'all, them folks buying them cars on credit. Again, they don't get this money. They trying to make it look like they got they got the money. They trying to show you what they want wealth to be like. But they don't have this stuff. Stop letting these flashy cameras and what we see on TV and the internet fool us. And then my thing is, right... Again, we want to make sure we're surrounding ourselves with people that's embodying this wealth, that's actually, you know, doing it the right way. The people that we're looking up to for wealth ain't doing this the right way. All these Instagram influencers, all these rappers. Child, the rapper, the lowest paid person in the music industry. You know what I'm saying? He he the last person to get the cut. The songwriter, the producer, the 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 instrumental, all of them get paid and then they're gonna pay the artists. Like you the bottom of the totem pole. Stop looking to these people thinking that these are the ones that's exuding well. These are the ones that got all the money in the world. Child, they, am, they the lowest on the list. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Right. So we, <laughs> it's people out here that's, that's big names, but we don't know them because those aren't the people we're shining light on, right? Mm-hmm. Those are the people we typically shun, and especially in the black community. I don't know what it is, but as soon as somebody get up there, baby, they will knock them down. I'm yeah. telling you. Bring them down. They want to shame them. You know, you know what they say. Soon as they get that money, they acting different. I hope I act different. I hope I hope I'm a changed person when I get a million dollars. I hope I'm not still acting the same as I am today when I get a million dollars. Being honest, you know what I'm saying. I hope I change. You, what Jay Z say? You think I made all this money to stay the same? No, uh-uh. absolutely not. <laughs> so it again, it is important um, that we we surround ourselves with, with people. Um, they can help us understand this stuff and, and can help us get started, right? Just get on the right track. We don't have to have it all figured out. We have to know every single step. As long as we can get ourselves to step one, step two is going to come, right? As long as we operate in that mindset and we're being intentional about what it is that we want to do with this tool and the build up our wealth, right? Like I said, it's all just a mindset thing. Um, I tell people all the time, <coughs> excuse me, I tell people all the time that you know, when it comes to, to to managing our finances, comes to provide for our household, it comes to building wealth. That's a, a big responsibility that God has delegated to us. Not even just, you know, for parents, people that don't even have children. 
we have a responsibility to go ahead and get this stuff started. The reason why I preach life insurance all the time is because a lot of people don't even understand you're responsible for your own funeral. Yes, you are. When you pass away, you need to cover it. Not mama, not daddy, not auntie, nobody. I don't even got no kids. So I don't even need none. Yes, you do. Because who paying for your funeral? You are. <laughs> I don't know why you feel like you wasn't, but you are. So I tell people all the time, we have to see the bigger picture. We have to see the vision, right? It's way bigger than us. Step out of that selfish mindset and just, you know, want to have wealth and want to have things for self. God did not put us here for that, you know, operating in that stewardship. We know that this is for the enrichment of his people and his kingdom. And as we're doing that, he's going to bless us regardless. Stop being so selfish and consumed with what we want and the things that, that we need. If we operate in what God is telling us to do and do for his people, he's going to automatically take care of us. That's a given. You know what I'm saying? So um, uh, another thing, like I said, we, we got to stop um, perceiving wealth is what we see it as being, you know, being portrayed in the media on TV. Um, it's, again, it's, it's a mindset thing. It, it's really a mindset. People tell me all the time, Asia, what I got to do? I need you to know. <laughs> Let's start there. I need you to know that you can you can be wealthy. I need you to know that a struggle is not of you. It's not of God. You don't have to partake in that, right? That's just all you all you know, you know, from the time you were a baby up until now. That's all you know. That's all you've seen. That's the norm. Once we let go of everything we think we know, right? Everything just starts to fall in place, basically. Um, but more like less of you more of God so he can um guide you you know and right I also, I also want to add something and I forgot I hate when I do that when I think of something it comes and it just slips my mind but I also I I did hear something like a tweet and I'm gonna be focused on the black community because we need this the most other <laughs> ethnicities and cultures they have this on walk to um, believe it or not it's just All right. our we got so many traumatic history that it's just you know, going down his um going down generations from generations. But one right. thing that I did hear is that generational wealth is also connected to marriage as well. And you know, yeah. everyone shies away from that. Like, uh uh-uh, uh, I don't I don't believe in marriage. Just people think about marriage in a love aspect, which it is. However, something my mom told me growing up, my mom and my aunt, and I was like in elementary and it stuck in my head. And they said love does not pay bills. And that's super true. Like, you just can't be with someone just because you love them. You actually got to have the same morals, values, and your finances matter because I believe that the people get divorces because finances most of the time. Yep. There's no wrong reason for divorce. Right. So can you also explain that? Because who you connect with, that plays a big role. And you can't always get blinded by love. Also think with your head too. Like, okay, how this person meant, how, especially as women, how is this man managing his finances if he's supposed to be the leader of my house? So can you like explain that too? And girl, absolutely. Um, And I'm gonna say something a lot of people not gonna like. Um, but since you mentioned, you know, people just shying away from marriage and, and, and commitment and union through God, girl, our generation, um, our people love to uh bring about children the biggest commitment ever a lifetime commitment with okay. another person but we don't want to share no finance we don't want to share no money and split no money Speaking. don't beat me up <laughs> that's just what i observe i'm like okay now y'all now 
Now, y'all, some stuff y'all be saying just off the wall. Like, you don't want to get married. When I do this, I got to get a prenup. But you you went ahead and, and, and had these baby as if it's not going to take the same effort, the same commitment. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's okay. they go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. But marriage is definitely um, one of the the the, the perks of, of, of not well, I want to say perks. It's a it's a cheat code to wealth, right? If I'm two incomes better than one, right? Okay. If I'm making if I'm making a hundred thousand and my man is making a hundred thousand together, we got two hundred thousand, right? Okay. The, <laughs> maximizing the dollars. That's okay. how we should, that's how we should see it. Man, marriage is a, a business arrangement first and foremost. Like I said, it's not always about love. Marriage is about business. When we when we're scouting our husbands, scouting our wives, our spouses, however you put it, it's important, like you said, to understand, you know, how is this person when it comes to managing finances? Does this person understand the importance of um securing a legacy? Does right. this person understand the importance of, of saving and investing for the future, right? Because rainy days do happen. Grandma wasn't lying. Grandma said save for a rainy day. Rainy days can include car trouble, um, getting sick, having to go to the hospital, unplanned pregnancies, right. again, um, just anything, uh, uh, natural disasters, right? Plain, plain and simple, like the 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 unfortunate water crisis going on in Mississippi. Rainy days like that. A lot of people don't even have the means um, to to have an emergency fund to where they can get up and evacuate or they can get up. And, and do whatever they need to do until things get back to normal. We don't have that privilege. We don't have that option, which is why he says in his word that, you know, we need to prepare for stuff like that and tying that into marriage. I think it just makes it easier on both people. A lot of people, like I said, our community, we take pride in struggling. I did this on my own. I'm self-made. I got it out the mud. I don't need a man for nothing, girl. <laughs> do it. Okay, carry on. So, who you want to cook it? Okay. So, right. like, I don't. To me personally, I don't find nothing cute or or admirable about struggling. You know what I'm saying? People, I see people on Facebook typing out these long paragraphs about how hard it was, but but by the grace of God, I made it here. Child, I want to give you a hug because somebody should have been there to help you and hold your hand, right? But we praising that we getting a hundred hearts on our store. We congratulations, girl, keep pushing. No, that's the wrong message. We got to come together so she don't have to do that in the future no more. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got to we gotta become a team. And marriage is a perfect illustration of a team, right? Like I said, two incomes is better than one. When you got two heads working towards one solution, it'll come about faster, right? Things will be a lot easier. Now, I, I'm a I'm a big advocate for marriage. Like I said, our community, everybody shies away from that because again, our views of marriage, everything that we think we know, we don't know. These views have been shaped long before we even got here. They just being taught to us. So what we see on TV is marriage or even the marriages that we see in our everyday lives like from our family members that didn't last, that were forced, that were uh originated by somebody else right just off the means of here this who you're gonna be married this is arranged you know that's all we typically know we don't know a true union and a true marriage through god so we like i said we have these preconceived notions of what we want it to be and 
just looking at it of, of, from a worldly aspect, marriage ain't, it ain't too hot just looking at it from that angle. But when we look at marriage through the eyes of God and through the eyes of the word, we understand that it's a beautiful thing. It's a powerful thing, right? And like I said, two people is always better than one. So having having the ability to have two people working towards the end goal of wealth, it'll get executed faster, right? Versus me having to put all the time and effort into myself and do these things by myself. Not even just talking about marriage. Like I said, it's important to have a team when it comes to, to wealth building. We talk about a village and a community when it comes to kids and, and raising children. We need a village and community when it comes to wealth building, right? We can't do this all by ourselves. If I'm if I'm orchestrating a business, if I'm out here by myself all day long doing this by myself, it's going to be a lot harder for me to accomplish that. But if I have a team of people that I can position to, to you know what I'm saying, to do the same thing, to go out here and teach and help people, you know what I'm saying, get on track financially, then the goal can be achieved a lot quicker. You know what I'm saying? So I definitely think our, our community needs to get on board when it comes to marriage. Every other, like I said, all our other counterparts already on game. They already know what this is. I don't know what our situation is or why we can't get on board. Um, but we're, we're trying. <laughs> In other cultures, I know women are raised, like women are raised to pick wealthy men. Like they were raised for that. And I, for yeah. our generation, not say our generation, our, the, our community, we're, it's like we, like you said, it's like we attach a struggle. Like we don't believe in, okay, there, there is a such thing as a man who, who, goes by the biblical rules and who wants to provide who also wants who wants to partner with us so we can build this legacy you know right but, and i did write that in my blog um christyintellect.blog and I, it was talking about women taking back their femininity and i you know i broke down the history behind that like the willie lynch letter about a man mm -hmm. writing for slaves and how you know the, the slave master had to break the black man in front of the woman so yeah. Now we see, like, we have a generational curse to how women, we see that, okay, we don't need black men because the black man, he's not going to protect us based on what we see the world is doing to him. So even when it comes to love, finances, all of these things, you really have to unlearn things. Yep. You have to change All these things sound cliche, like, if you believe it, you can achieve it. That's so true. I mean, it, that's it, the simplest it's going to get. <laughs> Exactly. Like, I can't explain it no other way. Like you really have to change your mindset. And I think the best way to change your mindset is surrounding yourself with people who's who has the same goal as you. And like you said, right. they, you don't have they don't have to be higher than you. Or let me say, you said they they can be lower than you. This is I'm assuming that's what right. You're everybody everybody you hang around ain't just got to be yeah. rolling in money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But everybody you hang around do needs to understand the value of money and the importance of using money to, to build for the next generation and build for, for ourselves, right? If everybody around me, like they say, if everybody around you, you, you hang around five broke people, you're going to be the sixth. You hang around five wealthy people, you're going to be the sixth, right? If all my friends, all we doing is living paycheck to paycheck, we, we, we struggling to make ends meet. Oh, girl, every time I get on the phone, Girl, you know how it is. It's hard out here, child. Barely got enough to pay the light bill. This is our conversation. Every time we talk, nothing's going to change. No solutions are being discussed. Nobody has the mind frame to even come up with a solution in the first place because all we know is struggle and lack. So that's what we're going to bond on. 
But girl, you know it's hard. And child, trust me, I understand. We just gonna pray and make it through. No, that's not what we gonna do. We gonna get a grip on this and we gonna do it for real. You know what I'm saying? So definitely surround your people with those type of people that have that mindset. Like I say, everybody ain't got to be rolling in the million dollars, but they need to have the intentions of, you know, getting their finances in order, managing it well, and using it to build, you know, the wealth for, for themselves and the next generation after them. Definitely. Most definitely, most definitely. So can you like, I know that you um you are a financial expert and you have your own business. So can you tell the listeners, cause I know I you gotta, if after what you just said, you have to wanna um get your stuff together. Cause she read me, she even know that she read me. So <laughs> to me, like I gotta get my stuff together. And you really motivated me, um Asia to like oh. sit down, make a budget, learn about these different incomes. Take classes, read books about, um, like you said, we in the age of the internet, everything is out there. You can yeah. have to be a doctor on, on YouTube, to be honest. So use your resources um, effectively and accordingly. So, mm -hmm. and if you tell your the listeners, how can they reach you? How can they get help? Because we need these financial experts to help us, these financial coaches to get us to that next level. So how can they reach you? And tell us a little bit like what you do with your clients as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, in short, all I do, um, I'm in financial services. I'm a licensed financial coach. And what that entails is me helping people to earn additional income, helping them to get properly protected, get out of debt, and ultimately, you know, financially free. Whichever area interests them the most, right? I'm able to, you know, provide y'all my phone number, um, my contact information, social media um accounts as well so that you all be able to reach out to me and we can you know schedule consultation and things like that i everything that i do right all of this advice knowledge resources i give it away completely free right like i said god has positioned me to to position his people right to get them in order uh in line for stewardship because god has some some big things planned for us you know but with that comes responsibility so before he can delegate those tasks and responsibilities to us like I said, we got to make sure that we're in alignment for that. So I feel as though I'm the perfect person, you know, to in this field to help people do that. Again, I'm helping people earn some additional income. I'm able to plug them into the same type of licenses that I've obtained, right? You'll receive a state and a federal license to do exactly what it is that I'm doing. And you're able to generate income outside of your nine to five. Again, what I do don't require a lot of your time <laughs> at all. I'm able to work where I want to work. And anytime I want to work, if I want to get up tomorrow and come see you in Atlanta, I can do that and still, you know, bring my work with me and take and, and make some money. So, um, also, <clears throat> y'all can reach me, um, and I'll I'll leave my number, um, and my uh, contact information and everything else, um, for y'all as well. But feel free to reach out to me. Um, I don't bite. I'm very friendly. Um, my inbox is never closed. Um, if I don't answer you right away, trust me, I will get back to you because I don't just leave nobody <laughs> out in the open or, or just, you know, out on it, whatever. But what I'm saying is, um, I honestly feel like <clears throat> it's so important to know who we can turn to, right? Just thinking about the statistics, um, in this industry, um, only a small portion of us are black and women, right? So when we talk about, um, you know, finances and, and we think about, you know, people that can help us with this stuff, 
a black woman ain't usually the, the first person that pop up in your head, right? Girl, she don't know about no money. She don't, She ain't never came for no money, so what she know? I mean, you're right to conclude that. you safe to assume whatever you want to assume, but just knowing that I set myself apart, you know, I realized um, the people that I was hanging with and the situation that I was partaking in wasn't, you know, helping me at all so i was able to set myself apart and do the work that i need to do to get to where i am now and essentially this is what i want to do for everybody else um so if you're interested in learning how to make some additional income if you're interested in you know orchestrating a budget um learning how to save properly learning how to invest properly y'all do hit me up like that's that's what i'm here for right we're gonna start from square one from from a to z i'm gonna make sure you get on track financially because essentially that's what I'm doing, helping everybody get on track financially, helping them to achieve financial freedom. And the good thing about it, right, I apply these principles and, and concepts to my daily life every day on my own, Um, and, and which is why I say people need to put themselves in a position where they can teach themselves, learn about it, research it, right? It's not just going to fall in your lap, but not just for the sake of helping somebody else, but this stuff you can help your own self with. You know what I'm saying? Everybody always talk about they failed us they ain't teach us enough about money and credit in school. They were never going to do that, right? They don't, they don't want you to know what they know. They were never going to do that. So it's up to us, you know, to figure that figure that stuff out. And the the, the perfect thing to start with is is the word of God. He, he, he maps it out perfectly for us. Again, over 2,000 some verses um, strictly regarding finances. So we know that it's important to get a grip on this stuff. Um, But yeah, y'all definitely, my number... Um, do I say my number or do I just plug it? I can actually, um, you want me to post your flyer? Cause I always post like a simple. Yeah, thing. yeah, we can do that. But yeah, everybody definitely, um, we, like I said, when it comes to wealth building, the same as, you know, raising children, it, it's going to take a community. It's going to take a village. So we got to come together, um, and help each other to do that. If we don't know anybody, right, we got to get to know them. So you might see me and say, Hey, I don't know this girl, but I, I feel like she could probably help me. Let's let's get to know one another, right? Let's make those connections, make the effort, you know what I'm saying, to to, to get the help that you need. And I'm I'm here to help. I'm I'm here to help, most definitely. All right. Well, thank you so much, Angel, for preaching this word. And I love how you you came prepared. You tied in the biblical scriptures with the um, finance um, wisdom that you have. And I love that it was such a blessing. Because like I said earlier, God really has been putting on my heart to get serious about finances and I know he putting it he putting it on my heart I know some blessings are coming and he want to make sure I'm the support of it and just speaking to you I've been wanting to get you on my podcast for a minute but I was like I don't know she might be too busy I don't know but I'm so glad that you came on here because when I say you was like preaching you was preaching so I know somebody's gonna get inspired and just seeing someone around my age and who knows as much wisdom about finances especially you being a black woman that's just amazing so keep doing that asia you probably think no one noticed what you're doing but everyone notices what you're doing and i know i got listeners from yeah it's like for real asia like keep doing what you're doing and i have listeners from not just from the united states but i have some from united kingdom i have some from germany so you not hey, just in the united states you reach everybody from worldwide so 
Asia, keep doing you and keep just and preaching this word. Like you can actually make you a podcast and preach about these things because this was. So I was thinking about it, girl. I'm so honored that, that you even had me. Thank you, thank you for even inviting me to even you know share this information again. You know, God positioned me as one of His stewards, and I have a big responsibility of you know leading these people to the kingdom, um, making sure that they're you know well off financially and economically. So that's what I'm here to do. Um, I would definitely like to take everything you just said and. And just use it to keep building. Um, I needed that. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> well, everyone, again, I'm going to post her business flyer on my Instagram page. And also, I'm going to post this on my personal Facebook to my friends and family who does follow me. I will post her stuff on there as well. So please um, give her a call because y'all, we need our finance together. God wants to live an abundant life. And when he say abundant, he also means for us to be flourishing financially, okay? Yep. So don't be scared of money. Welcome it into your life and accept this abundant life that God wants to live. And start now. It's uh, to assume that God has given us another day to do what we can to do today. That's 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 some bold audacity. Go ahead and start now, right? <laughs> exactly. You heard what you said. Start now. You heard from the finance and for herself. So again, thank you, Asia, and everyone else. I will see you on my next episode. Have thank a good you. night. Bye.